You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 122. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week, we debut a new segment, pitting two Keystone analysts against each other in a rapid-fire case for and case against an individual stock. Our third analyst will act as judge, jury, and executioner to pick the winning argument. In the line of fire this week is cannabis giant Canopy Growth Corporation, symbol WEED on the TSX. Now, this week's Your Stock, our take segment, we take a question from a listener on Constellation Software, Inc., symbol CSU on the TSX, a great Canadian success story and capital compounder, which manages and builds industry-specific software. Finally, our star of the week is Vital Hub Corp., symbol VHI on the TSX Venture, which develops mobile healthcare solutions that allow clinicians to access information about patients. The stock is up over 20% in the last five days and 90% in the last three months. We let you know if it can continue. All right, guys, let's get into the show this week. I'd like to welcome my co-host, Brennan and Aaron. How are you guys doing? Good. A little confused over here. So I'm I'm told that uh, I'm going to be the judge mm-hmm. of a competition between you and Brennan, and mm-hmm. you're going to argue over the investment merits of Canopy Growth. Um, well, I've every, anybody who follows my research knows that I put out a lot of commentary, a lot of research on the cannabis space over the past couple of years, including Canopy. And I've generally not been very kind to the industry, so I don't know if I'm going to be the most impartial judge here. Introducing your bias, and uh, Brennan immediately moves for dismissal and to get a new judge. Yeah. You know, I think Clearly. that has more to do with Done. Brennan trying to pay me 20 Over. bucks before the, the podcast hey, sh- started. Sh- uh, don't tell anybody mm, about that. I know. Yes. I, he, he, I heard it is 10. I, I heard it is 10. But... for pretty cheap. I, I'm not saying I don't have a price, Brennan, but it's more than 20 yeah, bucks. Yeah, 10 to sorry. 20 bucks. Aaron will do right, just about right. anything for ten to twenty bucks. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be as impartial as possible. So as I understand it, each of you have one minute exactly to make your case. I have a timer with a very annoying um, alarm on it. So once that alarm starts, the talking stops, and we either go to the next person or to my judgment. Yeah, exactly. You got it right. Quick and dirty, simple. Um, the twist is, yeah, obviously we just get one minute, right? We just get one minute, and then we're gonged off the stage at that point. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna introduce uh, to it uh, the company this week will be Canopy Growth, symbol T or W E E D or Weed on the TSX. I think it's on the New York Stock Exchange as well, CGC. They are a diversified cannabis hemp and cannabis device company offering distinct brands and curated cannabis varieties in dried oil, soft gel capsule forms, as well as medical devices. 
So that is your 101 on canopy growth. And we're going to do the case for and against it and get into that right now. Brennan's going to start. Uh, well, it trades right now at $26 on the TSX, 8.8 .8 or $8.9 billion market cap. But Brennan's going to start with the case for. Well, I, I'll, I'll give Brennan the go ahead. Brennan, are you are you ready to go here? I am ready to go, timekeeper. He sounds a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. A little I'm, sweating. Of, I'm sweating. Perhaps he should have used the product ahead to calm him down a little bit. Or maybe, know, maybe he did. Maybe have you ever considered that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's I don't know if that nervous. would help me. Okay, uh, let's, we'll let's, let's, let's get to things here. Brennan, are you ready to go? I am ready. Go ahead. Okay, so the first point is Canopy was a first market mover. Now this not only provides them a considerable amount of brand recognition among consumers, especially in such a competitive market, but it also provides them a runway for access to funding while they try to work into profitability. And on the note of funding, the company does have a cash balance of over $2 billion, which should allow them to remain operational for some time. Uh, now my second point is that the company has diversification and international exposure uh, with leading market share positions in Canada, US and Germany. Germany. And uh, on top of this, the macro environment is compelling in these three jurisdictions, uh, with Canada's retail cannabis sales expected to increase by four times through 2023. The US CBD market is anticipated to grow by six times through 2023, not to mention if federal legalization takes place for THC. And Germany's market is expected to grow by 10 times through 2023. So good growth there. And my last point here is opportunity in the beverage market. Now, Canopy currently has 76% of the market share in the Canadian and ready to drink cannabis beverage market. I know that I'm time goes <laughs> by fast. Time goes Cut by off. fast. Cut off. Cut down. Okay. Probably the same thing will happen to me. Did you have oh. any really closing point you want to get in there to really just push me over the edge? Not overly. Not overly. Um you know, I just kind of got cut off before I was going to say that uh, I do think that the cannabis drink market will actually be, you know, pretty large. I know that I'll get some flack from Aaron maybe for saying that, but uh, especially in the CBD uh, drink side of things, you know, for, for more of the, the health benefits rather than people just wanting to, uh, you know, get high off of a drink. But anyways, that is uh, it. My time well, was up. Brendan so, is, uh, a, is a recognized medical expert, so I guess we should <laughs> definitely... All right, all right. Enough, enough of beating down on Brennan here. I'm gonna beat down on Ryan for a bit too. Nice. Okay, okay, Ryan, are you are you ready to go? I am ready. Okay, go ahead. Number one, despite all the promises, Canopy has never made a dime of economic profit. For any business, profit is proof of concept. Canopy remains just a concept. Number two, it has been poorly managed. Cannabis vastly overestimated consumer demand and overbuilt production. As a result, the company shut down cultivation facilities and took significant write-downs on grossly overpriced acquisitions. Number three, in Canada, the rollout of LP licenses, distribution, and retail was bungled by governments at all levels and continues to be a challenge with a thriving black market and weak enforcement. Number four, better options are out there, including top recommendation, truly from Keystone, which dominates the medical market. Flora is profitable and has higher growth, up to 94% this year it's up, and Canopy is down 5%. Number five, analysts estimate you have to wait another four years to see marginal profitability from Canopy. Right now, you're paying 20 times sales. It is one thing to grow a business. It is quite another to grow it profitably. And Cannabis has shown zero ability to do this and should not receive your investment dollars until it does so. Thank you. Wow. Under the bar, hey? Just sliding Ooh, in. Ooh, yes. No Season doubt. pro on that one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I am going to judge now. Um, 
Hey, let's just say before you judge it, it is clear that Brennan's case has been literally clouded by his excessive use of their product. So, you know, just take that into account. <laughs> it oh, may be legal, Brennan, funny. but keep it keep it limited to after hours. Oh, I'll make sure. No, no. Um, Brennan okay. is a great sport. I gave him either side of this. He could have chosen the for or against, and he went for the case for. I did so tell you I was taking the harder that. case. Brennan likes a challenge. Brennan likes a challenge. I I have to respect that. Um, I will say that I, I do believe that it is the harder case. You know, really what it comes down, if I'm going to judge this based as an analyst, based on whether or not um, I'm willing to recommend the stock, then I have to then I have to judge in favor for Ryan here and, and give it a hard pass. Now that doesn't you hear mean the crowd go nuts? that Brennan didn't make some good points, but the problem that I'm seeing here, I mean, certainly yes, there's a new management team. They're starting to control costs. Um, you know, maybe there were some growing pains in the industry that they're they're starting to iron out. But the problem is that I'm always hearing I'm hearing the same thing now that I heard years ago about the Canadian cannabis industry, and that's you know, a lot of promises about what's going to happen in the future, that, you know, the drink market is going to take off, that the CBD market is going to take off, that all of these things are going to happen. I, we heard about that uh, before legalization. Then the next year, we heard all about this cannabis 2.0 and how that was going to revolutionize the market. Um, none of those things in Canada really happen, and we still have a major lack of prop- profitability across the entire sector. Now, when I was originally researching uh, the sector, which was around the time of legalization, I saw a major supply imbalance in the market where you had companies like Cannabis and the other top 10 players. Uh, they had plans to ramp up their production to, I believe, about two to three times the annual consumption of Canadians. And that's inclusive of the black and the legal market. So there's definitely, I mean, I have to believe that um, that those executives, many of those executives did see the writing on the wall. They knew that those those plans were just far too, uh, far too speculative, grandiose, and that they wouldn't be able to, um, to achieve those numbers. But you know, it, it made for a good story and allowed companies to to raise a lot of capital, and unfortunately, up here in Canada, destroy a lot of investor value. So, until I until I start to see these things actually happen for Canopy, I, I I can't, I couldn't, in good conscience, recommend them to a client. Now, this does not mean that we are against the cannabis sector in general. We put out two special reports on the sector. Each time we went through every single company, that's a couple hundred companies, and we did make a recommendation of a company that did uh, that did pass our criteria of profitability of growth um, and where we saw you know, a really good runway of growth and less competition in a larger market. And that's truly which operates in the US. As Ryan said, up 94% from our recommendation, while most any other Canadian cannabis company has really fallen apart over that period. So that's how we manage risk. That's what we do. That's what we will continue to do uh, in the future. So I'm going to have to give this one to Ryan. Thank you. But kudos to, to Brennan for taking the the tougher the tough tougher position. Oh yes, for sure. It's always always admirable. I, any even like on a positive note, Canopy has a better balance sheet than most in the industry. A great partner in Constellation. It may be able to wait out all others, kind of gain market share, and could be a long term winner. Uh, but when the mention of profitability, like the faint mention of it, is three to four years out, we see absolutely no hurry to get into the business at this stage. Um, we can buy, we, for 
exposure to the growth that we see you know, in North America or the U.S. in cannabis, we can buy other names that are profitable and you know, have su- had success doing that. Um, and we will likely buy one with market exposure in Canada because we do see sales. We do see growth there. Um, it may not be the time right now, and we're just not seeing it as the greatest time right now until we see a hint of profitability in the nearer term rather than three to four years out. Okay, so let's move on to our next segment. We're going to look at our Your Stock, Our Take. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. This week, it's going to be on Constellation. It's one of the top technology companies in Canada in a limited market. Uh, We got an email in from Catherine on this. She would like to get our take on the company right now, the current price and the valuations. Aaron, you have stepped up to answer that question. Yes, Constellation Software, my pleasure. Uh, As you said, the symbol is CSU on the Toronto Stock Exchange trades at a share price of about $1,500 per share. So that's uh, that's quite a high price for a Canadian listed stock. Market capitalization of $32 billion. Very few companies in the tech space in Canada have market caps above $1 billion. So it's in, a, it's in a small group. And what do they do? Constellation Software acquires, manages, and builds industry-specific software which provides specialized mission-critical solutions uh, for their customers' needs. They report over 125,000 customers in over 100 companies. The stock has been a very strong performer over the years. It has tripled in price over the past five years, and it's up about 19% year-to-date. Constellation Software has primarily been a growth-by-acquisition company, These roll-up strategies can be very risky. So far, the company has demonstrated a high level of skill acquiring and integrating new businesses. The company made $550 million in acquisitions last year alone. Uh, Q2 revenue grew 9% to $922 million. Organic revenue growth for the quarter was negative 8%. The company completed a number of acquisitions in the quarter for a total price of $67 million. Q2 net income increased 12% uh, to $3.90 per share. Last year in 2019, revenue growth was 14%. Revenue has increased at an average rate of about 18% over the past three years. In 2019, organic growth was negative 1% or about flat after accounting for currency exchange. And right now the stock trades for about 31 times operating cash flow or about 65 times net earnings. Constellation Software certainly seems to trade at a premium valuation, particularly when we look at the earnings. Based on cash flow, the valuation is not unreasonable, especially when we take into account the tremendous track record of value creation over the past decade and the fact that software companies tend to trade at a higher valuation. Constellation has relatively low capital expenditure requirements as well, and for this reason, it's probably better to value the company based on cash flow or free cash flow as opposed to earnings. A concern I do have is certainly the lack of organic growth. Obviously, this year is a bit of an outlier due to COVID-19, but the company has generally lacked organic growth over the past 18 months. Even previous to this period, organic growth has been in the 2 to 3% range, This is okay, but it's not particularly impressive. The lack of organic growth means that the company will continue to be dependent on acquisitions going forward. Given where growth sits right now, 
I don't consider Constellation as being particularly attractive based on valuation. Of course, this can change at any time based on new acquisitions or an uptick in the existing business. I know a lot of analysts think that the stock is cheap at the current price. This may be the case relative to its historic valuation. It certainly looks reasonably valued compared to other large cap Canadian tech companies with growth. Right now, it is not a buy recommendation for Keystone as we tend to be more price sensitive. I would want to see, and I would want to see better organic growth, uh, but I certainly would not bet against the company. It's been, a, it's been a major success story in the Canadian tech space. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people, you, you made a note of this where you talked about um, people look at a stock trading at $1,500 and they say, oh, that's immediately expensive. But I, I think it, I always hearken back to a great quote from Warren Buffett on that saying, price is what you pay, value is what you get. There's plenty of garbage stocks out there trading at 40 cents or 80 cents that will eventually go to zero and penny, plenty of cheap businesses out there or reasonably priced businesses trading at $100 that can go to 200 or 300 I mean, I love to give real-world examples. A great example of this, we, for years now, have liked really well-run renewable, renewable energy stocks. And six months ago, we recommended a profitable solar stock in our U.S. coverage. That was SolarEdge, S-E-D-G, on the NASDAQ. Now, the company then traded $107. Many investors say, oh, that's far too expensive for me. Uh, it's above $100, above $50, above $10. I can't buy that. But... It was not. It was actually relatively, uh, it was a good value at that price. And today, just six months later, the stock trades in the $300 range. So 180% return in six months. You can't get that all the time. But just because a stock's trading at 100 or 150 doesn't mean it's expensive. You have to look at it relative to the underlying earnings. And that's something that investors can learn over time. But you don't get that when you see that big sh sticker shock on s price on a stock and you get that sticker shock when it's at, at $1,500 or $100. You got to look at the value. It's the it's just a price you're paying. It value is what you get. And that is a great quote from Warren Buffett. So the star of the week this week. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. star. We're going to look at Vital Hub Corporation, symbol VHI on the TSX Venture. Brennan, you've been tasked with that. Yes, thanks, Ryan. So Vital Hub Corp, VHI on the TSX Venture, currently trading at a price of $2.95 and has a market cap of approximately $70 million. Now, Vital Hub Corp develops mobile healthcare solutions that allow clinicians to access information about patients. Its technologies include blockchain, patient flow, mobile and web-based assessment and electronic healthcare record solutions. Now, uh, as you said earlier in the intro, the stock is up over 22% over the last five trading days and up over 96% in the past three months. Uh, and driving the stock is a material licensing transaction announced on October 19th, where VHI's newly acquired subsidiary, InTouch, is going to have its digital health platform installed at King's College Hospital, NHL's NHS Foundation Trust in the United Kingdom, which treats over 1 million patients annually. And the expansion includes the licensing of InTouch's latest healthcare modules, uh, enabling a transition to virtual clinical care. 
And there was another news release on October 16th uh, where it said its recently acquired subsidiary Transforming Systems announced the development of an elective care module called Shrewd Elective in cooperation with the National Health Service England. Uh, and the module was developed in response to the need of NHS England to manage the growing pressure in planned care across the country. Uh, and essentially the module presents a helicopter view of what is going on in the hospital in recent Real time, uh, like providing the number of patients waiting and for how long. Uh, so good operations management uh, development there. Now, looking at the company's most recent financial results for Q2 of 2020, revenue was down uh, 3% to $2.75 million compared to the same quarter last year. Adjusted EBITDA was up uh, 36% to $754,000 compared to $552,000 for the same quarter last year. Gap net earnings per share for the quarter were $0.01 cent compared to a loss of $0.23 cents for the same quarter last year. Uh, and just quickly looking at valuation, the company is trading with an enterprise value to adjusted EBITDA multiple of approximately 42 44 times, uh, making the stock quite expensive after the recent run-up. Uh, and they do have a net cash position of $13 million uh, and a sustainable uh, debt multiples, uh, which is good for a company still working on attaining consistent profitability. Now, I actually did cover VHI in one of our Your Stock Our Take segments about this time last year when the stock was trading around $1.55. And at that time, I mentioned that the company has been showing upward trajectory in its financials, all while maintaining a healthy balance sheet, but they still hadn't posted consistent profit over a few quarters. And on top of this all, uh, the company has continually diluted shareholders to fund growth and its acquisitions, which is a difficult way to create value for shareholders over the long term. Now, regarding the recent news that has been driving the share price, I'm not sure if either news release will be a major catalyst for the company, but regardless, it shows that uh, they are moving in the right direction. And I certainly think that if they can begin to slow down on diluting shareholders to grow the business and begin to fund operations with internally generated cash flow, uh, the company would be much higher on my list of companies uh, in the healthcare tech space. Now, all in all, I love the healthcare uh, technology space as technology is really just taking shape in the healthcare sector. Uh, if you look just a, a few years ago in the dental uh, space where you used to have to uh, go in and to get a model of your mouth, you would need to put all that goop in your mouth where now uh, technology has revolutionized it. You can go in and they literally just scan your mouth, simple, clean. Um, you know, So th there's a lot of innovation taking place in the healthcare sector. Uh, of course, that's a little bit of a tangent. Um, but anyways, just the, the overall healthcare sector can benefit from all the efficiencies it can generate. Uh, we will keep an eye on the direction of VHI, among other companies that we deem interesting in this space. Uh, but of course, with the recent news and share price for performance, it has made the stock our star of the week. Okay, I think that was definitely a good summary on Vital Hub. It's a company that we have, uh, you know, we're monitoring the company uh, since it did. It did a rollback of its shares, correct? I believe so, yes. Brennan? Yeah, yeah, it did a rollback of its shares. And, uh, you know, they had been funding themselves through uh, share, share uh, releases and financing in that respect. Um, 
diluting to some degree and got to a point where there was an unwieldy share structure. Uh, they rolled back the shares. And, you know, it's it's more interesting in this range. And uh, this with the share price coming up, potentially they can start to use their shares more accretively to make those acquisitions than we saw in the past. Uh, we do see uh, more profitability and increasing profitability in the business, which is nice to see. So it's one we're monitoring closely right now and continue to look at to see if it enters into our coverage. So I thank you for the summary on that. Star of the week, Vital Hub. Okay, I'd like to close out our show by saying keep your questions coming into our Your Stock, Our Take segment, Ask Us Anything segment, and if you want to filter in a stock for our uh, Case For and Case Against new segment, uh, you can send that in right now and we'll have a fun argument on that company and uh, have one of our analysts judge the result. Thank you, and I wish you all profitable investing. Profitable investing. Thanks, everyone.